You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hey guys, welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica, and today Riley and I are sitting down with Janie Frank. She's a 26-year-old woman living in Chattanooga, um, oh, Chattanooga, <laughs> Tennessee, with her girlfriend, Maggie, and her boyfriend, Cody. She recently gained attention on TikTok under the username to be Janie Frank for talking about her polyamorous lifestyle and sharing what polyamory means with her over 324,000 followers. Riley and I were super excited to sit down with Janie and talk about polyamory because it's a topic that Riley and I have touched on before and we really want to learn more about it. This episode is super funny, super informative, and you guys are really going to enjoy it. So here you go. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Janie. Thank you so much for having me. So firstly, for those that don't know or don't follow you on TikTok, which y'all fucking should, are you able to explain your relationship and the dynamic a little bit for those that are kind of new to the idea and specifically like what terms um, you prefer to use? Yeah, absolutely. So I have a girlfriend, Maggie, and I have a boyfriend, Cody, and they are also in a relationship with each other. So we are all polyamorous, which means that we love multiple people. Um, But we are also in what is called a triad or a thruple, meaning that all three of the people in our relationship are also in a relationship with the others in the relationship. (laughs) So basically, all three of us love the other two. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, How did you meet and what were the first few dates like? So Maggie and Cody actually met before I met them. Maggie and Cody met in February of 2016. And then I met them because I matched with them on a dating app um, in November of that year. So it was like eight or nine months later. Um, And we met on an app called Field, which is specifically for like threesomes or just ethically non-monogamous dating. Um, And so we met on that app. We were talking for a couple of weeks. We met at a bar and it was just supposed to be really, really casual. Like we were all on the same page. We just wanted to have threesomes. Like that was it. Um, And so we did like that first night was fun. The next morning was fun. And then I went home and I did not think that I would ever see them again. Um, But then they texted me. Well, I think Maggie texted me. And asked if I wanted to hang out again. And then we just started hanging out all the time and having really great sex and really great threesomes. And eventually we started actually like doing things together, like going out and seeing movies together. And then one day Maggie's mom came over. So I met her mom. Um, And then before too long, I was like going to family dinners at her house. And we realized that we were in a relationship. Um, and it took a bit of time for us to actually like realize that because Maggie and Cody were in a pretty serious relationship when I met them and I was just like casual. I was seeing other people when I was seeing them. Um, I was actually a sugar baby at the time. So I was like, <laughs> like I was fucking people all the time and that was fine with them. And then all of a sudden we realized that we were in a relationship and we had to figure out how we were going to figure that out. Oh, that's really cool. I honestly had no clue that you were previously a sugar baby. Are you still a sugar baby now? I'm not. Um, I was when I was in Denver and then I took some time off from doing that just because mentally I didn't like doing it. And I was dating a man when I first started doing it who, um, was like, he was really great about it. And he acted as like a bodyguard and he helped me out with that. Um, but then after we broke up, I didn't really have that safety net anymore. And that was kind of why I stopped doing it. Um, and now I live in Tennessee, like the middle of nowhere. So there's really no one here. (laughs) (laughs) So mental note, Denver Denver. is where we need to go. (laughs) Denver's great. Really? Um, Chattanooga. Yeah. Yeah. Chattanooga, Tennessee, not so much. (laughs) Fair enough. I was going to say you stopped when you got like in a relationship with Maggie and Cody and you're really leading the team down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was actually still doing it when I was with them for at least the first year, Um, probably like a year and a half. And then that was around the time that I broke up with that other guy and just stopped doing it. 
Gotcha. Mm, um, so when you, Cody and Maggie, started going on dates, would you go just uh, all three of you or would you sometimes go you and Cody and then you and Maggie or how did that kind of dynamic work? The first couple of months, it was definitely just the three of us. Um, and then Maggie and Cody, of course, had their own life together. So they would go on their own dates. But when I was there, it was always the three of us. Um, and that was, again, because we thought we were just hooking up. Um, once we started realizing it was a relationship, then, you know, we developed a more fair and equal relationship balance there. Um, but even before then, after a couple of months, um, Maggie and Cody both travel a lot for work. And so there would be times when one of them was traveling and the other would invite me over. Um, so I did get alone time with them. It just was not like planned and it wasn't as much. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And was polyamory something that you were always interested in or is it something that you opened up to more like later on? I think it's something I was always interested in, but not something I ever had the words for. So if you had asked me if I was interested in it, you know, five years ago before I met Maggie and Cody, I would have said no, because I didn't even know what it meant. Um, I remember being in college and like almost fantasizing about this idea where I could have like a boyfriend and a girlfriend at the same time. Um, and just thinking that like, that would be my ideal situation. That would be amazing. But I never actually thought it was possible. Um, and so as I started realizing it was possible, as I started like learning more about what it is and being involved in the community solely because I wanted to have threesomes cause they're fun. Um, as I started like getting to know people who were in this type of relationship and realizing that it was actually a possibility and like people did actually do it. One can dream. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I like the idea, I think, and this is not polyamory. It's just me being a bitch. I like the idea of like me having a girlfriend and me having a boyfriend and they both just adore me. <laughs> Pretty sure that's like polygamy. Yeah, that's just me being like a dictating yeah. ruler, I guess. But yeah. Well, and there are, I mean, there are people who do that. Um, that's not for me. Don't give up. But they're. My people are out there. Yes. So I know you've mentioned in a few of your videos on TikTok that there are four separate relationships within your throuple. The mm -hmm. one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think it's a concept that most people may not have really considered or don't quite understand. Are you able to explain what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So this was actually something that my therapist said to me and it just kind of clicked because it makes sense. So we are not in one relationship because there are three of us. So we have the one relationship, which is all three of us. It's like a triangle. But then I also have a relationship with Maggie and I have my own relationship with Cody and Cody and Maggie have their own relationship. And so we have our relationship, but within that relationship, there are four separate relationships that all kind of depend on each other in many ways. Like the relationship I have with Maggie and Cody would not be the same if Maggie and Cody's relationship, you know, didn't work anymore. Um, so they're all kind of dependent on each other, but they are also their individual relationships and each one needs to be nurtured like any relationship does. Yeah. I think that's something that I, I had have been really interested in polyamory for like probably the past four or five years um and it's just never kind of like worked out but that's something that I hadn't considered either like I went on a couple dates with a married couple and I really got along with the the woman but not so much the man and obviously like that's never gonna work out if you're trying to like you know <laughs> enter a, a marriage <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I had never really considered that that's because there was so many different relationships within that relationship. So you were, um, the maid of honor at Maggie and Cody's wedding. Is that right? I was, yes. I did a little, in I did a little sleuthing. Um, <laughs> and then you said that, uh, you came out publicly, uh, as in a relationship with Maggie kind of after that. And then Cody shortly, shortly after that, was that, uh, was there a reason that you came out kind of separately or is that just kind of how the relationship naturally progressed? 
Yeah, it wasn't anything that we did on purpose. It was just kind of what happened. Um, So we had discussed that we did not want to come out before the wedding because we didn't want Cody's family to like be freaking out about it and be thinking about that rather than the wedding. Maggie's family already knew they were in Denver with us. And like, it's kind of hard to hide when I was at the family events all the time. Um, but Cody's family was in Florida, so they had pretty much no idea. His sister figured it out just from social media. She was like, yeah, you guys post all the time. I, I'm not an idiot, you know, but his parents didn't know. Um, and so we waited until after the wedding and then Maggie and I actually took a trip to Disneyland. Yeah, it was Disneyland. I get Disneyland and Disney world mixed up, Um, but we went to Disneyland together And we posted a picture of us kissing and it was a conscious decision. Like we knew that we hadn't come out on social media before, but it wasn't like it it was a conscious decision, but at the same time we didn't think it would be that big of a deal. Um, and it was (laughs) like while we were in Disneyland, Maggie's mom called her and my mom called me and both of them were like trying to get us to take the picture down. Um, because Maggie's mom was concerned about like her job. She was worried that the people that she worked with would have a problem with it and that she would appear like less professional. My mom just said that if my grandma found out she would have a heart attack and die and it would be my fault. So like a little less loving and caring there. (laughs) Oh, that's all. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Just your grandma's death is on your hands, but that's okay. (laughs) this is unrelated to the question, but it turns out my grandma actually already knew because my cousin had told her before I even posted the picture and I didn't know. And apparently my grandma's only reaction was asking if that meant I would be kicked out. Like if my landlord would disapprove and kick me out because she didn't want me to be homeless. So my grandma actually did not care. She did not have a heart attack and die. And it was not my fault. (laughs) She lives another day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was how we came out for Maggie and I. And then Cody and I, it was just kind of assumed, I think when Maggie and I came out that we were like all three of us together. Um, But we just started talking more about like how Cody was in the relationship and how like all three of us were together Um, and that was that. So you've touched on this a little bit in that last answer, but was it difficult to come out to your friends and family or were they for the most part generally accepting? How about how like your family? Yeah. Grandma lived. My family (laughs) is kind of an outlier here. Um, Cody's family, when they found out, they were like, well, are you happy? And he was like, yes. And they were like, great. Then we're happy for you. Um, Maggie's family was pretty much the same. They were happy to have me in the family. Um, there were no like questions asked there. It was just like, Oh, Jamie's part of the family now. That's great. Our friends were totally fine with it. Um, there were really like no questions from them. They just sort of like accepted that that was what my relationship was. And like, no one really cared. Um, my family is the exception here. (laughs) So I grew up extremely religious. I grew up apostolic Pentecostal. Uh, so this was, I was in a form of Christianity that was extremely strict. It's evangelical, charismatic. I wasn't allowed to cut my hair, wear makeup, wear pants. Um, I couldn't show too much like skin anywhere, whether that was my shoulders or my collarbone. Um, I couldn't wear jewelry. There were a lot of rules. I couldn't listen to like certain music. I couldn't dance. I couldn't, you know, lots and lots of rules. So, one of those rules that was never like stated, but just assumed was that you have to be monogamous (laughs) and straight, of course. And so I had actually never come out as anything other than straight before this. So I came out as polyamorous and bisexual at the same time. And it didn't go great. Um, I made my cousin do it for me actually, because my family was in New York and I was in Denver And I was planning on coming up for Thanksgiving, coming out, and then flying home and just, like, letting everyone deal with that on their own time. 
And my cousin told me. I love that. You're like, I'm bye. See ya. (laughs) Be outie. (laughs) Like, that was genuine. Like, that was my plan. And I was only going to be in Thanksgiving for a day because, or I was only going to be in New York for one day because I was helping a friend actually move from New York to Colorado. So I was literally, like, with my mom and my grandma for less than 18 hours. And I was just going to come out have Thanksgiving dinner and leave. That was my whole plan. And my cousin told me that that was an absolutely terrible idea. So she asked if she could tell my mom for me and then um, like a month ahead of time so that they had that time to process. And then when I came up for Thanksgiving, they could like ask me about it if they wanted to. So I agreed and we did that. And when I came up for Thanksgiving, no one mentioned it. I think it's still kind of to this day, no one really talks about it. And if I bring up Maggie, they refer to her like as my friend. Um, I didn't hear from my mom for a couple of weeks after my cousin told her. And then she sent me a text saying like, well, even though I don't agree with your life choices, you're still my daughter and I love you, which is nice. It's, you know, it's, it's not great. It's not a life choice. And it's not good to hear, like, even though I, I think this is wrong, I still love you. But it was actually a better reaction than I was expecting. So that's good. Um, and since then, my mom has actually come around. She's actually meeting Maggie and Cody in less than a week, which is really exciting. That's so exciting. She's coming down. Yeah, she's coming down to Tennessee. And my mom and I are actually, like, closer now than we have been in years, maybe ever. Um because now like I can actually be myself around her and like be honest with her about who I am. So it's been a really, really long process. That was about four years ago. So it's been a while. Um, but yeah, things have come around and now pretty much everyone in our lives is, has just accepted our relationship and doesn't really question it anymore. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's definitely my parents approach to me being a sex worker is very much like, I don't agree with it. But I love you. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I think well, that's the best I'm going to get. <laughs> actually, I was talking about this with my mom like just a couple of months ago about how she didn't accept Maggie and Cody when she first found out about them. And she was like, well, the main reason I didn't uh, like support Maggie and Cody when I first found out is because you were dating a man who was 25 years older than you before them, which was not a healthy relationship. And then you were also essentially a sex worker because I was a sugar baby and she knew about that. And so in her mind, I had just gone from like abusive relationship to abusive relationship. And this was just like the next step, um, which isn't what it was in reality, but like, that's how it appeared to her from across the country. And like that, I can actually completely understand, you know, I can understand how a mom would view that and be worried. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. definitely. I completely agree. I think, I mean, I, I would hope that our parents generally do want the best for us. And if they're disagreeing with something, it's because they think it might not be the best for us. And I think a lot of that stems from them not understanding that choice or not understanding what it really entails. Same as when our parents have an issue with us being sex workers, a lot of the time it's because of what they've seen in media and how they how they are portrayed sex workers, right? It's really They really have no idea what being a stripper really is like. Um, so yeah, I think the same as you with that sense where I understand where my mom comes from. Um, right. Yeah, so... Do you think that your parents would have felt differently about it if you and, for example, your husband added in a third person? Because I think a lot of what I hear in the polyamorous community is that, you know, if there's a a standing relationship or especially marriage, um, as the third person, it, it almost like devalues that relationship a little bit because theirs is in quote stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that it would have been different from my family's perspective if that were the case, because regardless, I would not be monogamous and I would not be straight. And so that's really all that concerns mm-hmm. them. But there definitely is that perception that Maggie and Cody love each other more or they're, you know, that we have an unequal relationship because not only because Maggie and Cody met each other first, but also because they got married and I'm not legally married to them. And so there are some, like there is some imbalance there, but it's not within our relationship. It's within 
like the law. So like if something bad were to happen to me, Maggie and Cody would not be able to talk to my doctors to figure out what was going on because they would have no familial rights. Um, buying a house was really difficult because there's three of us. So like certain things are in my name and certain things are in their name, but most of it cannot be in all three of our names. And so there's things like that where there is imbalance, but within the relationship itself, a lot of people don't really grasp how there is not imbalance emotionally. Well, it's like you're looking over my notes because the next question (laughs) was about the legality. I know that's a thing that a lot of people wonder about, you know, sex work too. But when we are talking to people about polyamory and that you're coming on, a lot of the questions were regarding the legality around it and if it's legal Mm -hmm. and what aspects of it are legal. And like you said, how do they buy a house? So do you want to just go over that with us and listeners? Yeah, so... In the U.S., polyamory itself is not illegal. Um, There's also no protections for it, though. So there are protected classes here. So there are um, race, religion, sexuality, age, things like that are protected classes. So if someone um, commits a crime on you because of any of those things, it's considered a hate crime. Polyamory is not protected under any of those. Um, Polyamorous marriage is illegal. So if I wanted to marry Maggie or Cody, it would be illegal at this point since they are in a relationship with each other. There are like ways around that sort of where like you can have a ceremony, but nothing is actually legal, um, which we'll probably do eventually. But legally there's, there's no way that I can marry either of them. Um, there are tax issues there. So there are special, um, like joint taxes that you can file as a married couple that I'll never be able to file because I have to file as single. There are those health issues I mentioned earlier. So if something were to happen to me, Maggie and Cody would just be left in the dark essentially. Um, and there were issues with buying the house, which, they really were not as bad as we thought they would be because we had a form an LLC um, in order to have all three of our names attached to the house and the deed. Um, So like a married couple typically would not have to form an LLC, but when we did, it got rid of a lot of the issues that we would have otherwise faced. Um, We've looked into fostering children and that seems like it would be really difficult um, as a polyamorous relationship because you're, home gets like inspected as it should. Um, and you get approved or denied based off of that. And from what we can tell, we would be denied pretty much 100% of the time because of our relationship. It's also legal to be fired for your relationship. Um, like there, there, because it's not protected. Um, my company actually like specifically has a policy calling out that it is protected. Um, but that's because my company is amazing, not because the government or anything is actually doing anything to protect us. Um, I think those are the biggest issues. Um, there are definitely people here who commit tax fraud and like in the name of polygamy and they claim multiple spouses and that is an issue too. Um, but that's, it's not super common and it just like, that's what people think of a lot of times when they think about those plural marriages as they think of like tax fraud and everything. But, um, there is also an issue where bigamy is a federal offense. So bigamy is having multiple spouses. And even though I'm not legally married to Maggie or Cody, because we live together and present ourselves in a relationship, technically the law could say I have a common law marriage with them, in which case we would be committing bigamy, in which case we would be committing a federal offense. So there's a lot of layers there where it's like, probably we could be tried for it, but like, it's never actually going to happen. Um, and like, we have the added benefit of all being white and cis. And so like those prejudices and those, um, chances that someone would actually arrest us for any of those are significantly lessened. Um, and so I, I can't really speak for other communities and other relationships, but that is how it is in ours at least. I, I appreciate you talking that you're from like a privileged place. Cause that's something we talk about a lot as like privileged sex workers. I think it's an important thing to note. Um, coming from a privileged place and, and your viewpoint is from that area. 
Um, yeah. A quick side note to the fact that you might have trouble with fostering a child. The irony that it's like, uh, it takes a village to raise a kid, but you can't all love each other in a romantic relationship. Yeah. <laughs> like, it does not take three people, and it cannot take three people. <laughs> it must take only a village, and you must not right. live together. Well, and also, you would think that, like, three incomes would be better for a child. Three, like, three people to take care of a kid is so much easier than two yes. or one. But, no, not for us. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I recently saw an article a couple months ago about uh, a a child that was adopted, um, I believe by three parents. And I don't know whether the child was, um, biological, like had two biological parents and then the third mm-hmm. one was imposed as a legal parent. Do you know anything about that? Do you know if that was in America? I, I don't know anything about that specifically. Adoption is different than fostering because with adoption, um, you can actually go through the biological parents and they can sign the papers. And so you don't really have to get, I mean, there's still an approval process, but as a polyamorous relationship, you're more likely to be able to adopt than foster. Um, but I, I don't know anything about any of those cases specifically. Okay. Interesting. That's interesting that adoption is different than fostering. You would think that like having a child with like a long-term thing would be like, there would be some, uh, sorry. yeah, I, I, I think it, it has more to do with if the child is considered like a ward of the state, in which case the state is responsible for them. Or if the child is not, in which case the, the guardian is still responsible for them and the guardian can decide who then becomes responsible for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I understand it, at least. I'm not an expert in this. (laughs) (laughs) We will quote you. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of the legal and kind of social constructs like weddings, um, there can sometimes be, and we're seeing this change, which is awesome, but there can sometimes be kind of these socially constructed ideas of the roles of, you know, in quotes, the male and in quotes, the female Mm -hmm. of the in quotes, traditional (laughs) relationship, end quote. Um, So how did the three of you split things like the bills, the chores, the work, et cetera? We split pretty much everything evenly three ways. Um, The only exception is right now we just purchased a home, but we're not able to move in yet. So we are currently paying a rent and a mortgage and Cody and I make more money than Maggie right now. And so we're covering the mortgage. So she doesn't have to worry about that. So Cody and I are splitting the mortgage in half, but every other bill is split evenly three ways. Um, And that's just how we've always done it. We've always split everything three ways because we all are in control of our own finances. We've never had any like joint credit cards or joint bank accounts or anything like that. We all handle our own finances in our own way. And so it makes sense to split everything three ways. As far as chores, I mean, there's not like a chore list. Um, The only thing that there is like dates for is we all have scheduled days for when we'll clean the litter box because we all hate cleaning the litter box. Uh, But other than that, I mean, when you see something needs to be done and you're able to do it, you do. Maggie does the cooking a lot of the time, but that's because she's a really good cook. Like she actually has a degree in baking and pastry. So she does our cooking. And then if she cooks, Cody or I will clean because if you cook, you don't clean in our house. That's like common courtesy, I think. Um, but other than that, I mean, I I would say it's split evenly, but it's, it's not necessarily even because there'll be days where like, for me, I have, I have depression. And so there'll be days when mentally I cannot do chores. And so Cody and Maggie will pick up the slack. And then there'll be days when Maggie can't. And so we'll pick up the slack and there'll be days when Cody can't for whatever reason. And you know, each, we all pick up the slack for each other. So even though it may not be necessarily equal or split evenly, it's still fair. Like eventually it all evens out and there's no like stereotypical gender roles there. We all do whatever needs to be done. Everyone in your house is opening the jars is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cody does more laundry than us, but that's just because he doesn't have as many clothes. So he runs out of clean clothes faster than the rest of us. Uh, my partner doesn't do my laundry because he's worried about, uh, shrinking stuff in the dryer, but I need to get him on. To that. 
to me, like what I'm hearing from you is that you're all just like, you know, functioning, healthy, respectable adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what it, like a lot of the questions that people ask us are interesting because a lot of times what it boils down to is we love each other and we care about each other. And because we love each other and we care about each other so much, we're not going to do something that would hurt the other person. We're not going to do something that would bother the other person. And we're going to do things that will help the other person because we care about them. And I think that's what any relationship is like or should be like. Um, whether or not it is monogamous or polyamorous or, you know, anything. I think the members of the relationship know what they should be doing to help their partner and what they can do. And that's what they do. Yeah. Well, speaking of not doing anything to hurt your partner. (laughs) (laughs) An interesting segue. (laughs) Some some good segues here. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So jealousy. I think it's a real thing in all relationships. And I'm sure you get this question a lot, um, being in a polyamorous relationship. How do you manage jealousy? How do you manage jealousy? (laughs) Voice just crack as well. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It was a whole thing. How do you manage? Clearly I have like some emotional response to jealousy. (laughs) So how do you manage jealousy and make sure that all these separate relationships are maintained in a healthy way? Jealousy for us is just a sign that something else is happening. And so usually if I'm feeling jealous of something, that means that I want something more so than I'm jealous. And like if Maggie and Cody are spending time together and I'm feeling jealous of that, probably not always. Sometimes I'm just jealous and then, you know, we'll deal with that and it'll be fine. Um, but more often than not, if I'm feeling jealous that Maggie and Cody are spending time together, that's going to mean that I want to spend more time with either one or both of them. And so instead of saying, you know, I'm jealous that you guys are spending so much time together, I would say, I'm feeling kind of left out. I would like to spend more time with you. So jealousy itself is a legitimate emotion. Of course, I don't want to like downplay that jealousy is never an actual thing, but in our relationship, it's much easier to take jealousy and think, why am I feeling jealous over this? And what can I do to fix that? So just to kind of go off that, do you guys have still your date nights where with you and Cody or separately you and Maggie or Cody and Maggie, do you guys still maintain those individual relationships? I assume because of the four different relationships that are happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So we, initially we actually had like scheduled date nights. Mm. Um, and this was, so we can talk, this is probably not related to the question and we can talk more about it later if you'd like, but Maggie and I went through a period of time where we were like really struggling within our relationship. And so we went to couples therapy and that was mostly to learn like how to communicate better. Um, and that was difficult too, because we couldn't find a therapist who would have all three of us at the same time. So Cody couldn't join us. It was just Maggie and I, which was fine because Maggie and I were the ones having the biggest issues, but you know, it would have been nice for Cody to be there as well. Um, and so during that time we started scheduling dates and we would do once a week, each individual couple. And then on the fourth week of the month, it would be all three of us would go on a date. We don't really do that anymore just because we don't need to. Um, If someone wants to go on a date with someone, they would just tell that person. Um, But I mean, also during a pandemic, there's not a ton of dates going on because we're not like leaving the house very much. Um, But there's definitely dates. We just don't like plan it out anymore. And we don't make sure that Like if Maggie and Cody have gone on two dates in the last week, I'm not really paying attention to that in the sense that I feel like I now need two dates with each of them. Like it's not, it just doesn't matter because we know our relationship and we know over time it's going to even out. And if I wanted to have a date with either of them, I would just tell them Mm -hmm. if that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, it does for sure. Do you guys still see uh, a couples counselor at all? We don't. So we actually, it was just Maggie and I, and we only saw the couples counselor for a couple of months, um, maybe three months. And it was only maybe four or five sessions because it wasn't even every week. Um, 
And that was because Maggie and I were really struggling to communicate. We communicate in very different ways. And Cody was trying to act as like our mediator and our translator, and it just wasn't going well. And I needed to go through personal therapy because I bottled everything up and just didn't communicate and didn't even know how to communicate and didn't even know what to communicate. Um, And so I started therapy for myself at the same time that Maggie and I started couples therapy. And that made a huge difference. Um, We don't see a therapist anymore. I still see a personal therapist. um, And I believe Maggie does too. I I don't know if they're currently meeting with the pandemic. Everything is kind of throwed up and messed up. Um, But yeah, I still have my personal therapist, but we don't currently have a therapist for the relationship. You said that you couldn't find a therapist that would uh, take all three of you. Did you find that the therapist that you did have was quite accepting of um, you in a throuple? Like, was there a reason that they wouldn't take all three of you? She she was accepting of us in a throuple. And she did actually mention that if we ever needed to, Cody could come and join us for, like, one session toward the end. Um, but she, I think, essentially, she wasn't getting paid to deal with more than two people and like insurance only lets you go up to couples and you know I think an extra person in there is a lot of extra work for her and she didn't have a way of getting paid for it which sucks but like also I get it that's your job you know um and she she was lovely she was very understanding of it we did not mention to her that we had an open relationship because polyamory itself is usually enough for people to handle. (laughs) And, um, the open relationship was still very new to us at that time. We had just opened it like a month prior to meeting with her. And so we just never brought it up because it just didn't seem worth it because it didn't really seem like that had anything to do with the issues in our relationship. And it didn't, it really was just, we needed to learn how to communicate better. Um, so I think if we had found someone who would meet with all three of us, probably we would have felt more comfortable also talking about our open relationship. Um, but we weren't able to. Well, that perfectly leads us yeah. into our next question. So do you have partners outside of your relationship with Maggie and Cody currently? And if not, do you want to add in more partners? It depends what you mean by partner. So there is a girl that I am currently seeing. Um, She's a good friend of mine, and we also have sex sometimes. She is also married. Um, She and her – well, no, actually, she's not married. She's getting married later this year. He's her fiancé right now. Are you going to be the maid of honor? No, but I am invited to the (laughs) wedding. (laughs) Love that. Maggie was joking that I have to stop going to the weddings of married people that I'm fucking. So (laughs) – (laughs) Um, but I see her and we are both very clear on the fact that we are nothing more than friends who fuck. Um, there will never be like a a romantic relationship there because really neither of us have the emotional capacity for that right now. Having the relationships that I have is already quite enough. Um, you know, romantically and emotionally and just like time wise as well, because it's time consuming. Um, so there, there are like people that I will see outside of the relationship, but there's no one that I intend to add in as like a partner. Yeah. And Maggie and Cody are not currently seeing anyone else. Um, but they, they were before we left Denver, like, um, there were people that they were seeing just again, casually prior to it, prior to the pandemic. Um, because once the pandemic happened, we stopped seeing anyone outside of the relationship just to you know, protect ourselves. Um, and they haven't expressed any interest in dating outside of the relationship. Although Cody did get a girl's number at our grocery store here in town last week. So maybe he will, we'll see. Uh, do Cody and Maggie see, uh, people separately as well? They have. Oh yeah. That's, um, they don't see anyone together. Okay. Every time any of the three of us see anyone outside of the relationship, it's one-on-one. Um, there was, there was one time Cody and I had a threesome with a friend of mine. Um, but Maggie was aware of that and fine with that. But aside from that, it is just, we all date on our own. 
Mm. So you're the exception then. I am. I'm the exception. (laughs) (laughs) And she never left. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we love that you're showing people that relationships are so much more than just the physical and the sex. But (laughs) people want to know about the sex. (laughs) So um, how does the physical part of the relationship work? Do you, and like, how do you kind of divide up your sexy time? <laughs> Divvy up the six. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Cause people ask this question all the time. And I think in a lot of people's minds, it's like, we have a schedule like, okay, Cody has Maggie this night. Maggie has Jeannie that night, you know, and it's just not like that at all. It's whenever someone is in the mood, if the other person is also in the mood, then they will have sex. And sometimes all three of us are in the mood. And then all three of us have sex together, but it's honestly very uncommon for all three of us to have sex together. It's much more common for it to happen one-on-one. Um, and that's now at the beginning of the relationship, it was much more common for it to be all three of us. So that's changed over time, but now it's just, it's a very natural and organic way to have sex. Just like you would in any relationship when you're both in the mood, you have sex. And that, that's really what it is. Um, we do have the obstacle of mental health. So Maggie and I are both on antidepressants. Um, Maggie's causes her to have a decrease in libido and mine has kind of made my libido go everywhere. Like sometimes it's low, sometimes it's high. It just depends on the day. Um, Cody is the only one of us not on medication. So his is more standard. Um, but also we're all really stressed out right now with the house. So our relationship started with sex. There's not a ton of sex happening right now because that's the point of our life that we're at right now. And later on there will be. And, you know, a couple months ago there was. And so it just kind of comes and goes as life happens. Um, but again, I think that's normal for any relationship. Yeah, definitely. I am. I'm changing my antidepressants because the ones I was previously on just like killed my libido. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am still in the process of uh, doing my TED talk to my partner of why we should get ourselves a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I completely understand like the ebbs and flows of uh, it. Just sounds like a normal relationship, but just with more moving parts. I think your best bet is maybe like every time he's like, "Babe, I'm really horny." You'd be like, "I'm not." But if we had a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> And enough times he'll finally get it. Like, oh, yeah, this is beneficial. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he actually pulled up an Instagram of a girl who uh, is really into bikes the other day. And he's like, I have a um, potential, a potential. And I was like, yes, (laughs) I like he jokes, but it will happen. I like how bikes are the, uh, the requirement for your for your girlfriend if she likes he's bikes. a simple man bikes <laughs> <Yeah>. beer <laughs> boobs bikes beer boobs <laughs> so you've touched on a few of them but what are the best things about being in a polyamorous relationship I mean of course there is multiple um, paychecks so we have more spending money we have more income because we are a three-person household that made it possible for us to buy a house that made it possible for us to go on vacations together and we go on like weekend trips all the time and we have that extra spending money because we have an extra person so there's that that is a monetary benefit um the biggest benefit to me is that i am an extremely needy person And I always have someone there who can meet my needs. So whether that is, I just need someone to hold me or I need, you know, snuggles, um, or I want someone to watch a movie with me or, you know, any of that, I have a partner who is there for me. Um, there is also the benefit of all of us having different interests. And so if I want to watch a movie, I'll go back to that example. If there's a movie I want to watch, probably one of my partners will want to watch it with me. Maggie and I watch like trash TV together and Cody hates it. And Cody and I will watch horror movies together because Maggie hates horror movies. And so there's things like that where there's different interests and they all kind of correspond with each other and match up. Even if they don't match up perfectly, they match up in some way where there's always someone to do something with. And 
I mean, especially because there's a pandemic. And so like, I don't have any other friends right now who I'm seeing, but Maggie and Cody are my best friends. And so I always have both of my best friends, which is great. Um, and then also when I need alone time, they have each other and they can just do their own thing and I can do my own thing. And that is also lovely in its own way. Um, and then also, I mean, when there's arguments, um, you have a third person if you want a mediator and if you don't want them, you can tell them to go away. So it makes it easier sometimes, um, and I mean, household chores, you can split up household chores three ways instead of two cooking, all of that. Um, litter boxes, cats, we have three cats because there's three of us. So that's a benefit because otherwise there would only be two cats. Are, are they in a throuple? <laughs> <laughs> they hate each other. No. <laughs> I know. Sounds like both. somebody needs to go to cat counseling. <laughs> <laughs> they might be in a V because both of the boys like the girl. But the boys Ooh, drama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but side note: if you are into long distance, I love trash TV and horror movies. <laughs> I'm a two in one. <laughs> Stop hitting on the podcast, kids. I can <laughs> I hit on everyone. <laughs> I'm honored. Um, so, what are some of the most difficult things about being in a throuple? The most difficult things happen when you do something wrong. So, like, when Maggie and I don't communicate, things blow up. We have learned that we have to communicate. And so that is really difficult for me because I am not someone who learned how to communicate growing up. I had to learn that in therapy um, because growing up extremely religious, we were kind of taught that you don't communicate your feelings. If you're feeling something negative, you pray about it. And if it doesn't go away, that's your fault. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of communication happening there. So that was the hardest thing for me was like learning how to communicate. Now that I'm there and now that we're at that stage where we do communicate well together, there aren't really that many problems. Um, I'm I'm trying to think about it, but really every problem we have comes from a lack of communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Normal relationship stuff. (laughs) And what are some of the biggest misconceptions about uh, polyamory? There's a ton. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's all about sex. That's one that we get a lot and it's not. Um, If it was all about sex, I wouldn't deal with all of this. (laughs) If it was all about sex, I wouldn't have gone to therapy for, you know, to better myself because I wouldn't have cared about my partner. If it was all about sex, I wouldn't have gone to couples therapy and I wouldn't have, you know, moved across the country with my partners. If it was all about sex, like none of this would happen. Um, So that's a big misconception. Another misconception is that Cody is living the life. Um, People always joke that, like, oh, Cody's a king. You know, he has two women. And, I mean, yes, like, he's lucky to have Maggie and I. But also, I don't think it is the life that everyone thinks it is. He is still, you know, splitting bills with us. And he is still doing household chores with us. And he's not getting more sex. I don't think because he, you know, it's not just cause there's an extra one of us doesn't mean that he is wanting more sex. <laughs> like, that's just not how it works. So I think that's another misconception. Um, and, and also I, we touched on that earlier, but the idea that all the relationships are fair or equal, um, and how people think that Maggie and Cody have like a, a closer or a tighter knit relationship because they're married. Um, those are the big ones. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people that are interested in exploring polyamory? If you're interested in exploring polyamory, I would first like be very honest with yourself about what you're looking for and don't settle I think I know when I first started getting into polyamory or like learning more about it and learning more about the lifestyle, I started dating a couple who I meshed with really well. 
Um, but as things got, as things went on, I started to realize that not everything in the relationship was perfect and not what I wanted and that I was settling a bit, but I felt like I had to settle because if I wanted a relationship with multiple people, then there were some like things I was going to have to just accept or tolerate. And I don't think that's the case. I think that if you feel like you are settling or you feel like you're not getting everything you want and or need out of your relationship, don't be in that relationship, you know? Um, at the same time, I don't think that it's healthy to rely on one person to meet all of your needs. So there's a fine balance there between making sure you're getting what you want from a relationship, but also not expecting everything from one person. But yeah, I think just, you know, making sure that you know what you want and working to get it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. So we have a few listener questions here. I had to, uh, take out some of them because we've covered them. (laughs) So the first one here is what if you want to break it off with one of the other two, would you just have a two way relationship or would the whole thing have to end? I think it would depend on the circumstance. So we don't, we don't like plan on breaking up, but at the same time, there are precautions that we've taken in place in case it does happen. Like if we were to break up, we know which cats would go to who and like how that would work. Um, but we don't plan on breaking up. And so if we were to break up, it would depend a lot on why someone broke up. Um, so like if someone broke up with someone because that person did something terrible, which I don't see happening, but you know, then probably the other person wouldn't want to be with them either. If they broke up because there was just you know, a difference of opinion and they just weren't like getting along together anymore, probably the other person would still stay in a relationship with both of them. And they would have to figure out what that would look like, whether, um, we all still live together or we, you know, lived in different houses or how that would work. Um, and I don't really have an answer for that because I, again, I think it would depend a lot on the reasoning there and the timing and the financial, like, place that we were all in at that time. Um, but I think it would depend a lot. And I think in other relationships who have done it as well, it just depends on the reasoning. Mm -hmm. The next listener question here, I've met a couple and we're interested in beginning a relationship. Do you have any advice for fitting into a pre-existing relationship? This one's hard because I didn't mean to fit into a pre-existing relationship. So I wasn't like conscious of what I was doing at the time. And I think a lot of the reason why my relationship with Maggie and Cody worked out so well is because I wasn't planning initially on joining the relationship. So we actually had that time to just get to know each other without that added pressure of making sure that we all got along evenly and perfectly and making sure everything was fair. And I think if we had that early on, that would have been really difficult. So I think the biggest advice I would give is to just recognize that your relationship is not going to be identical to the existing relationship. You still have to grow the relationship that you have with each individual person. And they, if they've been together for longer, I mean, in this scenario, they're married. So I'm sure they've been together for at least a little while you're not going to just jump in and have that relationship with them immediately. You are going to have to work at it. And so you're just going to need to learn how to nurture your relationships and grow them like you would with any relationship without comparing it to the relationship that they have. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. And the last one here, what happens if two of the three of you are in a fight? I can't imagine fighting with my partner and another person being intimately involved. It's bad enough I have to deal with my mother's point of view. <laughs> I thought we I know we had That's an answer, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of fights that don't affect all three of us. So usually all three of us are going to be involved. And fights for us look much different now than they did five years ago when we first started dating. Um, the fights now are just communicating and like sitting down and discussing feelings and emotions and figuring out what to do with those fights 
four or five years ago may have been yelling and screaming and crying. And that's just not what they are now. And that's partially because of therapy and growing, but also partially because like we know each other now and we're better at making sure we don't hurt the other person while communicating those feelings that still need to be communicated. So when there are those fights, yes, probably all three people are going to be involved, but all three people also have the other two's best interests at heart. And so those fights are just much easier knowing that you all still love and care about each other and you just want what's best for the relationship as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Before we let you go, we have our last three rapid fire questions here that we asked all of our guests. So the first one is what is one thing on your sexual bucket list that you haven't done yet, but want to try sex in a church. (laughs) I I grew up in a church and I just always wanted to, it feels like it would be just like, it's so risque, you know, I've never done it, but I want to. Those little confession booths. <laughs> I've yeah, right. <laughs> I've had sex in church parking lots, but doesn't never count. in the church. Doesn't no, count. still on holy ground. It it's adjacent but and it in count. a cemetery. <laughs> God can't see you if you're outside the church, yeah. right? <laughs> and the second question here: What is one thing you tried sexually that you wouldn't be doing again? Ooh. Um. <laughs> That's a hard one. One thing I tried sexually, I wouldn't do again. I have no idea. I'm, I've liked pretty much everything I've tried sexually. (laughs) Actually, you know what? One time a guy fucked me with a strap on and that was just weird. And I did not enjoy that. He also didn't know what he was doing somehow with the strap on. Yeah, it was, it like hurt. It was very, very strange. Are we actually surprised that a man didn't know what he was doing in bed, period? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. But with something that looks identical to the equipment that he was... It's not like they know how to use their equipment either. Fair. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very... And it was... Okay, that was actually my first ever threesome. And so I got nervous. Was it you, him, and the (laughs) strap No. No, it was his girlfriend. And I think he, like, got nervous and couldn't get hard but like he was hard for a while so I don't know I don't know why the strap on came out but he just started using it and it was just awful and like at that point his girlfriend was just like over it like because it had been going on for a while and so like she was done I get that and I just like didn't know what to do I was like why is this man fucking me with a strap on <laughs> oh my god so, men yeah, are so I guess that, that one is one I would never want to do again uh, <laughs> fair enough I feel bad for his girlfriend okay and the last yeah, question I, do too. I hope they broke up <laughs> And the last question here. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? I would just want to say that polyamory is not that different from monogamy in a lot of ways. The relationships and relationship building is still the same. And there's a lot of abuse that happens in monogamous relationships, just like polyamorous relationships. It can go either way. So anything that happens in any kind of relationship most often can be in a monogamous or a polyamorous relationship. Yeah. And it's a very important note to leave on. So Jamie, it's been an absolute pleasure. We were super excited to interview you and talk to you about all of this and you did not disappoint. Where can Yay. people find you? So I am at to be Janie Frank on everything. I think so I'm on TikTok, Instagram, um, And then we have our YouTube channel, which is the three of us, which is three dot mountains. And that's mostly about us building our house. Um, But it's also a little bit about our lives. Awesome. So make sure to go check all those out. Riley, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Vansity Riley. Awesome. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at five zero plus a tip or email me at five zero plus a tip at gmail.com. Send in your questions, comments. We love getting them. Again, thank you so much for joining us, Janie. It's been a hoot. I don't know why Thank I said hoot. So yeah, I have so much choice. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> awesome. Okay, before I say anything more embarrassing, I'm going to let you go. Thank you for coming on. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. Bye-bye. Do I, wait, isn't there something that, yeah, what I, <laughs> I forgot what it is. You say, um, have a wonderful week and happy whoring.
Have a wonderful week and happy pouring. Yeah. That's what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Do we need to do it again? Did I mess it up? It's okay. I'll do it again. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Thank you again so much for joining us, Jamie. Have a great week and thank you for pouring. No. (laughs) 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 My mind is just gone now. I like it. Thank you for (laughs) pouring. Thank you for being a whore. <laughs> oh, so close yet, not at all. Uh, have a great, have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Okay. Have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Bye. Bye-bye. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>